Ready to get this show on the road? Are you ready? Yes. Can you give me one more of those with more energy, Danielle? (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Am I ready for what? To podcast. (laughs) To podcast what? Uh, I don't know. It's your week. (laughs) It's spook retorts, Danielle. It's spook retorts. I think I found an opener. Hello and welcome to Spook Retorts. Oh, I forgot we got to do the oogie boogie noises. Woo! Yeah, it's our <laughs> spooky episode for Halloween month of October, which aren't really that spooky, but it's cool. We made it the whole year. We get to have an annual tradition, Sam. Yeah, I never thought we'd get to another one, so <laughs> can color me both impressed and spookified. And orange. Well, um, please don't. Spookatory. I don't need a bad pan. It's obviously orange, Sam. Come on. Okay, great. Thanks, Danielle. I appreciate that. Uh, Let's just keep going before this gets worse. (laughs) So this is the podcast. Oh, sorry. We didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Sam. (laughs) I'm Danielle. Well, we are just so excited for Spook Retorts, we just can't contain ourselves. I am kind of excited for Spook Retorts. This is this is cool. So, in case you were unaware uh, and all that rambling did not make it clear, this is the podcast where one of us will share a piece of media with the other person who has no idea what we're talking about. And I have no idea what Sam's talking about for Spook Retorts today. I know, and my spooky piece of media is not that spooky, which is not atypical for me. <laughs> Sam's not a big horror movie buff like I am. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy Joy horror, but I'm nowhere near your caliber, Daniel. I will put it out there. I will cop to that easily. I fell into it. It's fine. <laughs> but what I have for you today, Danielle, is the 1987 classic. Are we, are we using this indiscriminately, or is it really a classic, Sam? <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a lot of nostalgia for it, but I don't know if that means means is good. <laughs> okay, what is it? It's the Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. Yes, the Monster Squad. So. I just wanted to repeat it again, but I didn't. <laughs> you could. We just go back and forth for 20 minutes of this and call it a night. <laughs> the end. Welcome to Spook Retorts, everybody. <laughs> Spook Retorts. We'll just say the Monster Squad 70 times and then sign off. Spooky. Where Danielle just tries to guess what it's about based on the title. <laughs> uh, take a quick guess, Danielle. Uh, about a group of monsters. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> oh, I'm so good at this game. <laughs> Give me another one. With one thing, the Monster <laughs> Squad is not the group of monsters. Okay. Are they going to fight a group of monsters? Danielle, please. We'll get to okay. all that, but first, there's a description for you to read. Oh, yes. That's a thing. It says, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Gillman, the Mummy, and the Frankenstein Monster, I'm glad it says the Frankenstein Monster, not just Frankenstein, are in hot pursuit of a mysterious <laughs> right, amulet the pedantry in this movie. <laughs> that will allow their return and only the movie-loving kids in the neighborhood monster club can stop them! Exclamation point. An 80s Vestron, Vestron? Vestron. VHS release. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, how you always keep in the weird extra little bits. <laughs> why wouldn't I? Those are the best parts, Danielle. <laughs> what was the one that had like the, whatever, 32K Oh, that was on Way to Fire. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's great. It's like, yeah, 32 kilobyte Blu-ray <laughs> HD special. This is quite the combination of monsters. Uh, it's not that interesting, I promise. Oh, okay. I'm glad we chose this for a movie then. 
It's interesting in different ways, Danielle. Okay, bring it the, on. The mantra selection is by far the least interesting part. So uh, I want to preface this. This is a 1987 film, and it has the same disease as a lot of movies from that era of just casual homophobia and misogyny yeah, in yeah, a lot of, of dialogue. So that's not great, but I won't let that color my retelling of the other parts of the movie. Okay. But it is a product of its era, and it tries to be, like, edgy in ways. Like, all the kids are, like, swearing and stuff, even though they're, like, 12, so it's trying to be, like, that kind of movie. So I'll be honest, about halfway through and into my notes, I got really confused whether or not this was supposed to be satire or whether it was taking itself, like, <laughs> kind of seriously. It was making fun. I, I couldn't figure it out. So. That's like the Ice Pirates for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm really not sure what to think of this movie. <laughs> Perfect. Well, bring it on, Sam. We're duly warned. All right. So, we open with text scrolling on the screen in the spookiest of colors. Orange. Red. <laughs> okay, well, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> Same area of the spectrum. It is. The text reads, 100 years before the story begins, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So. It was a time of darkness in Transylvania, dot, dot, dot. A time when Abraham Van Helsing and a small band of freedom fighters, dot, 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 conspired to rid the world of vampires and monsters, dot, 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 and to save mankind from the forces of evil, dot, dot, dot. Big break in paragraph. They blew it. Aww. <laughs> so a very long and very interestingly spaced text with a bunch of ellipses for no reason. Who doesn't love a good ellipses? I, I know I do. <laughs> So then we have a crash of thunder, and we're in a graveyard. The camera pans around as spooky music and the howling of wolves can be heard. The camera then pans around the graveyard up to a castle, and then dissolves, and we're inside a crypt. It's wet, it's dank, it's gross. We pan around some more as the credits come on screen. There are stone coffins in the crypt, and then there are armadillos wandering around the damp floor for some reason. Just armadillos in Transylvania? I didn't know they were Oh, we're in Transylvania. I was like, where are we? <laughs> And we just said Transylvania again. No. I know, but I was listening. I don't know if we were like really there. Anyway, maybe there are armadillos in Transylvania. Listeners, if you happen to know, please give us there a shout out. a desert creature? <laughs> Generally, but you never know. I mean, I've All never right. been to Transylvania. I was just really distracted. I mean, there were like rats and stuff too, but I was just really, armadillos? What are those doing in there? Because <laughs> it looks cool. There are hands that are pushing out from the coffin lids or the uh, the crypt lids. And there are bats covering the ceiling. We get a real good close-up of one of the bats which starts to transform into the human form. It's Dracula. I didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> Shocking. He walks around the crypt just pleased as punch to be there, I guess. Was well, he in charge of all the other monsters? I mean, kind of, yeah. So maybe that's why Sam. Come on. It's not rocket science. Uh, it is at this point in the movie, Danielle, where about four seconds of actual action have happened. That's true. Sorry, I and forgot. Most of that armadillos. <laughs> it's not like, oh, it's Dracula, Lord of the Armadillos. Oh, uh, well, okay. You don't know, Sam. Maybe he's very pleased that he has this uh, little compadre menagerie. of armadillos. <laughs> I mean, if I had an armadillo menagerie, I'd be pretty pleased too. They're very cute. <laughs> you totally would walk around and be like, look at all my armadillos. Aren't they lovely? Look at them just dill around. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, I'm caught up a ball. Look at you go. <laughs> Uh, Sam is Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for outing me on the podcast, Danielle. I'm not to kill you. Only doing spook retorts. So we cut to townsfolk and torches approaching the castle. Uh, I guess they got Vlad's party invite to celebrate his awakening or something. I don't know. Does he not awaken frequently? I have no idea, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue on. <laughs> One 
Uh, one of the townspeople just has a bundle of dynamite, uh, which is lit and used to blow open the door of the castle, which is, I think, awesome. Like, why didn't more townspeople bring <laughs> dynamite to fight Dracula? <laughs> why didn't they try to kill Dracula when he was apparently asleep? Because that would have made too much sense, Daniel. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Actually, there is a reason, but we won't run that for a very long time. I just realized what it was when you mentioned it. <laughs> it didn't click until I asked. No, not at all. Oh, perfect. So they blew open the door, then what? Inside the castle is a surprise woman in a bride outfit. The prize woman? Draining the blood from a possum. Did you say the prize woman? A surprise woman. Oh, a surprised woman. Yeah. Okay. So she's draining the blood from a possum. So armadillos and possums apparently just running around this place. They have a lot of uh, things I would not have expected in Transylvania. Yeah, me too. And she's clearly interrupted mid-meal. And I don't know why she's dressed like a bride. She's called the Bride of Dracula in in the credits, but she's irrelevant to the story and (laughs) is never mentioned again. (laughs) (laughs) So she's not a love interest. Nope. She just exists for about four seconds of screen time. Because the villagers burst in, they all wielding shotguns in addition to their dynamite. So these guys are you know, thinking ahead. The woman in the wedding dress hisses at them, but one dude just levels a crossbow at her and shoots her in the chest, killing her because, you know, stakes with the heart or something, and she's gone. Aw, hardly knew her. Mm, didn't know her at all, though we do know she does love possum blood. <laughs> well, who doesn't, Sam? Uh, armadillos, I guess. <laughs> You don't know that. I don't. <laughs> I think they're insectivores, aren't they? Sam, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's when we. That's when the man with the crossbow sees the glint of a gem that's set on a plinth. He looks at his pocket watch and says, Three minutes! The girl! Now! And more villagers dragging a young girl, 14-ish, and they set her up in front of the gem and have her start reading off a scroll in another language. Maybe Latin, it sounds like? I don't know. And the castle starts to collapse and explode as she reads. Zombies pop up from the ground. The man yells, read, or we're all going to die. And I can't tell you how much I've heard that before, Daniel. <laughs> so what's uh, Dracula doing during this time? Uh, I guess he's just sort of like waiting for his moment. <laughs> he's just watching his armadillos. <laughs> yeah, probably. Ah, protect my armadillos! They're my most prized possession! <laughs> The gem starts glowing more and more as she reads. Then, when she finishes or or pauses, I'm not sure if she finishes, she looks scared either way. The gem goes out, like the light in the gem goes out and a black hole forms and just sucks the girl away as zombies eat a man's face. Uh-huh. It's got dark very quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, the other villagers sucked into the black hole and cut to black. They blew it, I guess. <laughs> the villagers did. Yeah, uh, and Dan Helsing, he was among them somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that somehow. I mean, it was mentioned in the, in the opening words of the title scroll. You know, I immediately forgot that, Sam, as I always yeah, do. Because you don't pay any attention. <laughs> I just get focused on the here and now. And so therefore, I can't remember what happened, you know, 45 seconds like ago. four seconds ago. Got it. <laughs> My brain only, it's like goldfish, if goldfish actually only remembered for that long. I'm so proud you knew that fact. <laughs> I don't know anything about armadillos, but goldfish you got. I got it. I've I've had more experience with goldfish, Sam. <laughs> that's fair. Most people have. They're the healthy snack that smiles back until you bite their heads off. All right, I'm cutting that out because that's going to get us trouble. <laughs> Shame. So we faded on a school. The words present day come up. So clearly we're in the same time period as knowing. That's going to say. <laughs> when did all the other stuff happen? I don't know. A hundred years, years ago, years I guess. Ago, Sam, it's yeah. so, yeah, that's the one part I remember. <laughs> And I, and again, I guess that was Van Helsing become the crime. Like, again, it's so weird. Like, the, the opening credit comes up and then it just cuts that scene. I don't know if that scene 
was the hundred years ago or if that was like just another part of the world. Like modern day? Yeah, just there's no context for it. And so, oh, now we're in present day. See, you thought I was weird that I was confused as to where we were, but you didn't even know what time period we were in. I didn't say you were weird for not being confused where you were. I thought it was weird that you forgot that Van Helsing was a thing. Or that we were in Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, that's too. <laughs> I mean, where else would Dracula be, to be fair? I mean, I don't know, Sam. I thought I thought we were in present day when that started, so I thought maybe his castle was just yeah, like in Connecticut too, on yeah, a hill. to my world. That's why it's so confusing. <laughs> this movie is frenetic. It just cuts back and forth and like none of it really makes – there's a bunch of little short scenes. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, we're in the school. We go into the school uh, where the, a teacher or the principal is berating two kids. So I'm just going to call Patrick and Sean because we don't know their names until later, but I'm not going to call them Kid 1 and Kid 2 because <laughs> – I thought you were just making up their names because they didn't have names at all. <laughs> no, they're Patrick and Sean. We learned them later. <laughs> you know how I love to make up a good name for a character. You do, Danielle. And whether it's necessary or not. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick and Sean. They're being berated while the principal is opening up the disciplinary files, which happen to have some drawings that he doesn't like. He's like, oh, it's on your disciplinary file. There are all these drawings you're doing. And the kid's are like, oh, it's really cool. It's a spider with a human head and it eats cats and dogs. You know, it's a monster. <laughs> and the guy's like, I don't care what you're drawing. The fact is you're drawing them during your science class is the problem. <laughs> and they explain how they have a monster club and they draw them and put them up on the walls of their clubhouse. And then Patrick goes on a rant about how they call the science teacher Meow Mix because her head is shaped like a cat head. <laughs> But he's like, but not me, because that would be rude. And I'm like, I hate these kids already. They sound like real jerks. <laughs> it's a funny name, though. Not, it's not nice. No, it's not nice at all. <laughs> uh, the principal then sort of laughs at this and goes, I hear you. I was a kid once. I used to think monsters were cool. And maybe I'm just a big kid because I think science is cool. <laughs> oh, he's that guy. And I gotta be honest, science is super cool, but nothing has made science sound lamer than that guy trying to make it sound cool. <laughs> Tell him, Sam. Those kids are definitely put off by his faux familiarity, but the principal insists that science is real, monsters are not, and the kids rejoin, we don't know that, which maybe is why they should pay more attention in science class. <laughs> it might be. Also, to be fair, I'm assuming at some point they meet monsters, so... Mm. I mean, you get this point, though, Danielle. We don't think monsters are real. That's no true. one thinks monsters are real. <laughs> oh, not no one. These two kids do. No, they don't know they're real either. They think they're fake. They're just being snotty. So they leave and walk down the school hallway, and they engage in some homophobic banter because 80s, I guess. And they're not looking, and they bump into the cat head teacher, and then they mock her as they walk away. And that's pretty much all the interaction they have with their school and their teachers. So not a high opinion of them. Are these the main characters because they're in the monster club yeah no oh, it's always good when the main characters are slightly disappointing <laughs> they're very disappointing <laughs> so we cut to a kid is being bullied by two other kids Derek and ej because he's overweight he is called by both friends and bullies fat kid as his <laughs> nickname but i will call him horace because that's his <laughs> name Good job, Sam. So the bullies level some accusations about, like, why are you so fat, fat kid? And call him some homophobic slurs. And when Horace defends himself, they start to beat him up. That's when an older kid, and these kids are like 12, and so the older kid is like 14. Mm -hmm. like, this is not like actual teenagers. They're like tweens. <laughs> okay. That's when the older kid skids over on a bike wearing a leather jacket and shades. He lights a cigarette off his bike tire. <laughs> he looks 13. And so he's like... Faux Fonz act just looks hilarious. Like a little kid trying to pretend to be cool. It's really cute. And the two bullies stop as Rudy, which is his name, looks at them. And he defends Horace. And then he makes EJ eat a candy bar off the ground, which was one that he had knocked out of Horace's hand and then stomped on as like punishment for beating up Horace. Like, eat the candy bar and we can all just forget this happened or whatever. Ew, but also they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, kind of. End scene. Also, uh, those bullies, 
Not relevant, again. They never come back? They have a brief moment, but otherwise are relevant. They don't even, like, get chased by monsters or something? <laughs> um, not really. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot in this movie set that is wildly irrelevant. I was kind of hoping they'd come back, like, in Hocus Pocus, how the bad guys end up in the cages in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they cower at one point. That's about the extent of it. Hey, we'll get to that. So anyway, cut back to Sean and Patrick, who are arguing about whether Wolfman could drive a car or not, and a little girl, Phoebe, joins them. Um, why couldn't Wolfman drive a car? That's a real good question, Danielle. It's one that I was not, I, I'll say I was not paying enough attention to their argument because I did not care. Because <laughs> I really feel like, why wouldn't they be able to? They're part human. <laughs> Yeah, like a werewolf slash a wolfman could just – he doesn't drive a car and he's human. He could just – I know. It didn't make any sense. But they argue about like whether he needs to drive a car. He's not going to work or something. Like that's not the point. Well, maybe he can run fast in wolf for wolf form. It, it doesn't matter, Danielle. It just Sorry. shows that okay. they are about to argue about any dumb thing like we are right now. <laughs> like we're not any better. <laughs> no, we're not. But it's just more annoying when it's not you participating. <laughs> Uh, so the, so Phoebe joins them. She's the younger sister of Sean. They pass by a house where a creepy German guy lives. And I never got stronger Boo Radley vibes than from this creepy German guy. <laughs> so then Horace runs up to them and explains about how Rudy saved his life and maybe they could convince him to join the monster club. So apparently Rudy was just biking around the middle school or the elementary school trying to save Horace for funsies. Like this is their first ever meeting. This is just, he's just a cool kid, Sam. Just a cool kid. You'll learn Rudy is perhaps the least cool kid in this entire movie <laughs> for reasons I will get to. Excellent. Where's the set? I have no idea. Is it like small town, big city? Yeah, it's kind of small town. Okay. It, it's very much like Americana, like, you know, every town USA. Think like wherever Back to the Future was set. Okay. But like, it, they never specify where this is because there's like seven different environments in this town. I just want to be able to visualize it in my head. Yeah, it's definitely small townish though. So anyway, they think maybe they can convince him to join the Monster Club and then Rudy's just casually smoking in the background. But- Sean's like, okay, we have to give him the monster test to see if he can join. I'm like, were monsters ever cool enough to demand an exclusive <laughs> club? Also, is demand for the monster club high enough in your town that you can really be like turning away perhaps the coolest quote unquote members you could have? I don't know the answer to that question, but I feel like kids always start clubs. It doesn't matter. They start clubs. Whether it's cool. Yeah, sure. They always start clubs, but also they need to have like, oh, man, this guy wants to join us, but we have to give him the monster test, even though he's super cool, could totally like boost our credibility and help defend us and seem like a cool dude. Yes, I agree. Giving the monster Maybe test Maybe just let him join because he seems like a cool kid. I don't know. Some things are more important, Sam. You have to have monster credibility, okay? Monster street well, cred. Well, the monster credibility is very low. We'll get to that. <laughs> but before them, we get to the monster test, because the movie just loves cutting away, we cut to a World War II looking cargo plane flying somewhere. Looks like over the ocean, but it's not over the ocean, which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> okay. I think it's stock footage, which is why it looks like it's over the ocean. <laughs> Inside, two pouts are chatting. One says, I'm depressed. And apparently he doesn't like flying an old plane with cargo and dead bodies in it. And I'm like, wait a minute, just casually flying dead bodies across the ocean? Cool. But maybe they're people who die one place, but have to be transferred back to wherever they're going to be buried. That's not the case in this instance, no. but let's go with it. <laughs> I tried. The other pilot placates him by saying, well, they don't get airsick or complain. And that actually totally works. The top's like, you're right. I should love this job. He gets all perky. And like, wow, that was easy. I mean, that's true, though. Uh, there's a thunk from behind them in the cargo area. They look a little worried. And the depressed pilot goes back to investigate. For some reason, the only light in the entire cargo hold is a single red light bulb. <laughs> okay. 
So the pilot also needs a flashlight. I'm like, that's just bad plane design. <laughs> it does seem kind of crazy, especially in a cargo hold where you would probably need light at some point. Yeah, right. And maybe you have not a red light bulb. Like, that's not a submarine where you're trying to, like, <laughs> or, or, like, a ship on the ocean where you're trying to, like, stay inconspicuous or let your eyes not adjust to the, you know, get unadjusted to the dark. This is a plane <laughs> in modern times. You car- it's a cargo plane. Anyway, it's dumb. Maybe because it used to be a warplane. You said it was an warplane. Yeah, it used to be a warplane. Maybe they just bomber. didn't update the uh, actual. They didn't change light. the light bulb since World War II. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Sam. It's possible. <laughs> okay, sure. So as he's poking around, he's spooked by a bat, which he just kind of like brushes off. He's like, oh, bat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, bats on planes. Happens all the time. I mean, he, he gets scared and falls over. But he's like, oh, get together, man. It's fine. They're like, it's a bat on a plane. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> So as he straightens up, Dracula is behind him. Oh, no. That was what the bat was? Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then Dracula just straight up cold cocks him across the face, just like punches him. Well, at least he didn't like bite his neck and eat him. I I guess because Dracula is well known for his boxing skills. (laughs) You don't know, Sam. I mean, he's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Maybe. I have no idea how old he is. He could be a new Dracula. I don't know. Dracula then goes over to caress a crate, and while distracted, the pilot pulls a lever that opens a trap door in the plane. I just have a bunch of question marks here, because who puts a trap door in the plane? Uh, World War II bomber, Sam. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be the bomb bay doors, but also, what? Wouldn't you, like, if you're going to retrofit that into a cargo plane, wouldn't you secure that because of the danger of losing all your cargo? Also, if you're going to, like, retrofit it with a uh, magic door, you should also change the light bulbs while you're at it. That's what I'm saying. But Jacka just sort of floats there looking smug over the over the door as the crate falls out. He's like, duh, I float. <laughs> well, yeah, Dracula, hello. Yeah, and then he turns back into a bat and flies off, presumably to find the crate, which has landed in a swamp somewhere. <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> no. They'd have better accents if that was true in this movie. So we get to the Monster Club. They're in a treehouse in the woods, which is actually just the backyard of Sean's house. And they're grilling Rudy on how you kill a vampire or, you know, how do you kill a werewolf? And I'm like, oh, these are your basicest questions ever. Well, they're 12 slash 14, Sam. Give them a break. Yeah. And then at this point, I wondered, why was Rudy so keen to join this club anyway? Because it's the Monster Club, Sam. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's obviously just contrived. It's awesome. Because he's a dork. He said he was. So there's also another club member named Eugene. Meanwhile... Okay, Rudy wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So we have yep. Eugene, Rudy, yep. Horace, yep. Sean, yep. and yep. Patrick. Patrick. Yep. Were there in 87, were there a lot of Horaces, Rudy's, and what was the other one? Well, to be fair, Rudy puts on a 1950s greaser aesthetic, so. <laughs> well, that makes all the difference. I just, these are quite a variety of names for 1987. Look, I can't I can't go into the names. There's so much like I don't know what was popular in nineteen eighty seven for kids, or I guess they were born probably in the early or the late seventies was a popular name for a kid in the late seventies, but Okay, but do you know many people named Horace that are ten years older than us? I mean, I, come on. Look, Danielle, if this is your biggest problem with the movie, we're gonna have a very long night. <laughs> just just curious. Just curious. I have no idea. That's your name, Danielle. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, carry on. So Rudy is using binoculars to spy on a young woman in her underwear through her window. Uh, of course. Because he's classy. Sean chastises Rudy is like, hey, it's the monster test. It's important, okay? Pay attention. Got his priority straight. Yep. Then Phoebe tries to get in, but no girls allowed because kids. What if Phoebe passed a monster test? <laughs> but Sean's mom calls him and Phoebe for dinner. So I guess 
Rudy's in the club. It, it's never resolved. If he ever, he never actually answers any of the questions except for how to kill vampire. Well, that's easy, eh? So back at their house, Sean's mom has picked him up a book written by Van Helsing, which she just stumbled across in their suburban town. No, Sam, obviously it was a magic bookstore that only appears on the full moon on the- Nope. <laughs> It was not a magic bookstore. It was just the house that she happens to find it in, which they get to later. Why was in this house? Why was she in the house? Never answered. Real estate agent. Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> she seems to be a stay-at-home mom. I have got plot background for days for this movie. You just you bring on all your questions. I'll answer sure, them for no, you. I could spend 17 hours making a plot background. Too, I'm not going to tell you what's in the movie, not what isn't in the movie. Okay. You know, if, we, if I told you that wasn't in this movie, it'd be a much longer show. Okay, so she finds a magic book. Not magic, just a book. Written by the Van Helsing, though. By the Van Helsing, that's the crazy part. Oh, Van Helsing. She's like, oh, is she the one who fights Godzilla? I'm like, oh, oh. she's trying to point out that she doesn't know anything. Uh, but Sean is disappointed to learn that the book is in German, because I guess Van Helsing, even though he was in Transylvania, wrote in German? Uh, is that German guy Van Helsing? No. Oh, is that German guy going to help him read the book? Danielle, why else would they put a German guy in the movie? Oh, I don't know. I just figured out a tie-in. <laughs> of course it is. It's like the first thing everyone thought of. I was hoping it was Van Helsing, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> don't worry about it. Point is, why is Van Helsing writing in German? Uh, I, I don't know enough about Van Helsing. I mean, I know the basics. Or Transylvania. <laughs> I know, but I, I don't know, Sam. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know the German-Transylvania crossover. It's not, like, the friend's pretty small. So then we cut tonight, a black hearse pulls up somewhere. It has a skull hood ornament, so you know it's for an evil. Yeah. A spooky man, Dracula, gets out. He walks over to a bluff overlooking the small city and says, Let it begin. Lightning and thunder crash. The music swells. What's happening? I don't know. What's beginning? Also don't know. So he's in charge of well, the there's elements. no time for that because it's back to Sean flipping through the Van Helsing book. I have a very important question. No, you don't. What I do. Is, <laughs> is Dracula speaking in the classic Draculian no. accent? <laughs> no, he's not doing a Transylvania accent, Daniel. He's oh, just speaking like a normal dude. Dude, wrong. <laughs> I know. Kind of lame. Uh, back in Sean's house, he stops talking to his dad, who's apparently a cop detective something like that never really clear sean wants to go out that night to see groundhog day part 12 which is a horror flick not the comedy because i don't remember when the comedy came out but it may have been after this movie it might have been definitely not uh far enough from it to be part 12 <laughs> yeah exactly but no his dad and his mom are going out and he has to stay home and babysit sean is not pleased by this arrangement but eventually acquiesces and he asks his dad where he's going to take mom and his dad says marriage counselor which, like, what? You're just going to tell your kid, hey, we're going to a marriage counselor. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> like, maybe they're very open about their mental health, Sam. Uh, apparently, because Sean just goes, what, again? <laughs> they're trying to work it out. Good for them. Uh, no, they do absolutely no, no working out of anything in this movie. Oh, uh, well, they tried. I like how much you tried to fend the nonsense. Like, everything I say, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is the perfectly reasonable explanation. This crazy thing totally makes sense. Like, that okay. actually makes any sense, Daniel. I'll stop talking, Sam. Continue. <laughs> stop talking but you just but you can't be like oh yes sam every like the whole premise is the movie's ridiculous <laughs> if you keep undermining the premise by saying how everything makes total sense i just like to try and come up with an explanation and this movie apparently requires a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> that's true i was super curious if dracula spoke in a transylvanian accent <laughs> that's a great question daniel that's a great question trying to justify why the dad is saying he's a he's going to a marriage council with their son i just thought it was a reasonable excuse <laughs> 
that they're very open. <laughs> I don't know their lives, Sam. You watch the movie, not me. I don't know their lives either, Danielle. The point is, we don't know their lives. Doesn't make, there's no context. <laughs> well, sometimes I just throw stuff out to see if you can conf- confirm or deny my suspicion. <laughs> It's not my fault I'm often wrong because the movies or books that we read don't ever confirm or deny anything. I mean, that's sort of what makes them so ridiculous, Danielle. Well, sometimes stuff gets explained and I'm correct or not. Anyway, continue on, Sam. (laughs) We're talking about, oh, the dad gets a call. Someone at the station is begging to be locked up because he's a werewolf. He's just shouting in the background. So apparently this werewolf guy turned himself in because he felt bad. And the dad has to head down to the station. His wife is not pleased, to say the least. She's like, you can't keep going off for work. So clearly the dad's a workaholic, and that's where the strain of the marriage is from. So there's nobody at the station that can cover for this guy? There is. There's another detective that who calls him down, but apparently he has to go anyway. <laughs> okay. That's nonsense. I'm kind of on the wife's it side. Is not- <laughs> <laughs> it is very much nonsense. <laughs> Back at the station, the man is begging to be put in a cage and locked up because it's a full moon. And he's being, like, restrained a bit because he's lashing out. And then he sees a glimpse of the full moon. He goes bananas. He grabs a gun and is promptly shot to death. By the cops? By a cop. By the other cops. He's been to the police station. Okay. No, it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if he shot himself, if other people oh, shot no, no, him. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yes. Definitely was, like, brandishing the weapon. And he was shot by cops. So then we cut to a museum, Danielle. Where the detective called the dad down because apparently the werewolf guy was not the reason for the call. Oh, okay. (laughs) I know, right? What a misdirection. (laughs) The detective is talking to a guard there. Apparently a mummy is missing from the museum. That's not never good. Does the wolfman ever, (laughs) the possibly fake wolfman, does he ever come back into the plot? I mean, he's dead, didn't he? He got shot, right? I know. I was just curious the point <laughs> we'll see Daniel. we will see okay i just wasn't sure what type back in so there's a mummy missing a mummy missing and this is what the dad was called in for to investigate the missing mummy and i don't know if it was urgent enough to call him in at like eight o'clock at night when he's at home like oh there's a mummy missing you gotta get some apb everyone down here immediately <laughs> we've got to find this mummy stat <laughs> Right, like, why was this such a, like, I get, it's not good, but, like, maybe it's not like it's, like, a bomb is going to go off or, like, there's a terrorist threat or something. This is a missing mummy. It, it's not, like, life or death. They don't want to release the curse, Sam, obviously. There, you, you got me there, Daniel. <laughs> Come on. It's 101. Anyway, so he's there to look for a missing mummy. There are no clues. And the guard insists they would have heard anyone come in and steal it, which is apparently the extent of their security system. <laughs> they have no cameras <laughs> so or anything. they don't have any other way to monitor that? <laughs> apparently not. Man, 87. Yep. And then we cut to the mummy shambling around outside. Where is he going? I don't know. Cut to an ambulance driving down the road. The man who said he was a werewolf's body is in the van when it starts to transform into an actual werewolf and he attacks ah! the driver. Cut to a movie. Uh, a girl is screaming. It's a drive-in movie, and Sean is watching it from the roof via binoculars. I don't know how he can hear anything in the movie, but apparently he can. I don't think that's how drive-in movies work. It's not. It's not <laughs> at all how they work. If you're far enough, we need binoculars. There's no way you can hear anything going on in that movie. Yeah. His dad joins him with some fast food, lightning crashes, which seems to be not the best time for roof sitting. Yeah, it seems like a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. But it's not raining, which is the weird Like, There's no rain ever in this movie. It's <laughs> just lots of lots lightning. Of lightning. <laughs> no rain. It's magic lightning, Sam. It's brought upon by uh, the Dracula. Dracula. Apparently Dracula's lesser known lightning powers. <laughs> well, we he called upon it earlier. We just established that he has powers over the elements. 
Did we? Yeah, because he stands on the, the bluff, the cliff, and he's like, it's time or whatever. And then all the, the stuff yeah, starts. The lightning could have just been crashing for dramatic effect. It wasn't necessarily caused by him. No, he definitely was caused by him, Sam. The timing was way too coincidental. Okay, well, movies never have coincidental <laughs> lightning crashes ever, Daniel. It's not a thing that happens in movies. I really just assumed when he said it's time, that was like triggering whatever weather event was going on. Well, there's no weather event. It's, just like, it's, it's a lightning storm. Like, it's a constant lightning storm that's just, it's been brewing for days and days and days and just triggers randomly throughout this movie. Uh, but like what he was saying was beginning was not the lightning storm. The lightning storm is incidental. You don't know that. I do know that. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> then we cut to the detective at the site where the werewolf killed the van driver. Uh, the body's missing. Then we cut to the swamp. The werewolf is wandering around for some reason and he runs into Dracula and the mummy who are just meeting up in the swamp having a good time. So are these the bad guys or the so kids are the good guys, right? And the the monsters are probably the bad guys? Yeah, you can probably, but it's a pretty safe bet even though I, I don't <laughs> like the kids that much. I don't know. In my head, maybe because of the title, I was like thinking that the monsters might be the good guys somehow. <laughs> would have been a way more interesting movie if it would have been like that or like an Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein or something. Yeah, I really am. I'm sad that's not the direction that this is going. <laughs> it is absolutely not. So there's a regular monster party. They all walk over to the edge of the water in the swamp and Dracula raises his cane and water bubbles and the crate from the plane is lifted out of the water by the creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm so perplexed by his skills. Dracula? Yeah. Yeah, no. He has like an amazing array of nonsensical <laughs> powers in this movie. He's basically Dracula the wizard. <laughs> okay. Uh, I heard that's a really good musical. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that music. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Wicked did well. Why not Dracula the, Why not Dracula the Wizard? <laughs> the winner. Call us. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know why the creature from the Black Lagoon, who is subtitled and credited as the creature from the Black Lagoon, is called Gilman in all the descriptions. Yeah. I guess because it's shorter. I was going to ask if that's what it was. So Dracula opens the box and guess who's inside? Uh, who are we missing? I don't remember. In one year, out the other. It's Frankenstein's monster, oh, Daniel, of obviously. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't believe I forgot that one. I'm sorry. Which I'm just going to call him Frankenstein because I don't have the time to say Frankenstein's monster a million times, and I don't care. Ouch. He's also... <laughs> no, and also, he is a Frankenstein as well. Yes, I guess, but you're not going to say a Frankenstein. He? What do you mean? He's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. He's a Frankenstein. <laughs> he is a Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, he is of the family name Frankenstein. <laughs> Mr. Frankenstein. <laughs> He is one of them. You have Dr. Frankenstein, you have Mr. Frankenstein, his creation. <laughs> you should call him Mr. Frankenstein the rest of it. I'll, I'll do what I can do. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the I'll effort. I'll call him Mr. Frankenstein Esquire. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein Junior. Okay, that's much better than Frankenstein's monster. I'm sick with that. <laughs> Problem solved. We solved a, what, like 150-year-old dilemma. Is that how old the, the oh, book, it's book is? It's pretty old. Anyway... Uh, Dracula bemoans that it's been so long, years. so very long. <laughs> and it was like, I can't tell. Is he in love with, like, he treat? I thought this crate had, like, the bride of Dracula in it, like his, his erstwhile bride in it. But no, it's Frankenstein. But the way he treats this crate, it's like a lover. See, I like that story better. Let's go with that. Yeah. I'd be way more interesting if, like, Dracula and Frankenstein were, like, hooking up. Frankenstein That'd be way Jr., cool. please. <laughs> Sorry. Dracula and Frankenstein Jr. are hooking up. I don't want to confuse everyone. <laughs> So Dracula takes some clips, like the eyes from his staff come out and they're on these long wires and he clips them to the bolts on Frankenstein's neck. Frankenstein, Frankenstein Jr.'s neck. <laughs> I appreciate your effort. 
Yeah, it's hard. And he lifts his staff and proclaims, Wake up, old friend. It is time. And lightning strikes his staff, bringing Frankenstein's Jr. back to life. So he also calls upon the lightning there. Yeah, I know. Like, he has lightning powers. You know? <laughs> okay, that doesn't make just, any sense. Okay, as long as we've established. <laughs> he definitely has lightning powers. But the first one was like, okay, that's just movie, you know, schmaltz happening. Uh, and then this time, like, okay, now he's got lightning powers. That's 100% lightning powers. <laughs> I think it's arguable, but I, I'll let it go. And they really had to do a lot of convolutions to get all these monsters together. Like the great Karen Frankenstein Jr. in it. Why was he in that crate to begin with? Why was Dracula flying that crate? Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't make any sense. Is the makeup pretty good in this movie? Uh, yeah. Actually, the effects and makeup are pretty good. Nice. Except for the CGI black hole thing that sucked everyone into it at the beginning. They but. were terrible. The 80s black holes and stuff were awful. CGI wise. Yeah. So back in Sean's house, his mom is putting his sister to bed and she's scared of monsters coming with the lightning. And the mom assures her that it's fine and that this candle will keep the monsters away. And leaving a lit candle next to a sleeping child seems way more dangerous than (laughs) monsters. Like, totally unattended behind a closed door. That's a good way to set your house on fire. I mean, that was like everything prior to electricity, Sam. Yeah, and a lot of places were set on fire. (laughs) Candles are terrible. (laughs) Anyway, we cut to Sean, hearing his parents argue over his dad's workaholism. And they're like, really young. They're, They're being like vicious with each other. Like, this is not like a calm... Or not even, like, an excited... Like, they are... They clearly hate each other. Oh, it's a shame that marriage counseling is not working out. Well, they didn't go to it because he went to this job. So <laughs> that's the last you ever hear about marriage counseling. Sean wanders over to a whiteboard with a phone message on it. It says, from Mr. Alucard, school? Question mark. Message, interested in Van Halen diary. Possibly dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. So how did they find out about the Van Halen diary? You mean Van Helsing? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's purposely I... mistranscribed in the, in the note. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, where'd I get that name from then? <laughs> yeah, it says Van Halen because it's like, oh, his mom wrote down yeah, Van, Van Halen. Van Halen, I get it. That's a question I had as well, Danielle. How did Dracula know to call Sean about the Van Helsing diary? How did he know how to use a phone? <laughs> Is there a tracker on it? <laughs> it's a, oh, really good. How do you know, like, even if he had a tracker, like, it's on that house and I know the number for that house. <laughs> So then Sean, for no reason whatsoever, writes Alucard in a notebook and starts doing anagrams of it. Okay. While his parents continue to argue. (laughs) And almost immediately it rants on Dracula because duh. Yeah, of course. It's just Dracula backwards. It's absolutely not a clever anagram. (laughs) It's 12 though. Good job. So we cut to Eugene, the other kid in the Monster Club. He's waking up his dad because there's a monster in his closet. His dad opens the door to Eugene's room and is like, all right, all the monsters out of here. Let's go. Chop, chop. And like does a little thing. Like, oh, see, all the monsters are gone. Do you see any more monsters? And Eugene's like, in the closet. And so dad is like, oh, and he's being kind of sarcastic dick about this. And I think like just everybody in this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> Apparently. And the dad throws open the closet door, not even looking inside, just throws it open. And the mummy is standing inside, but the dad doesn't see it because he doesn't look inside because he's doing a bit about like, hey, do you see any monsters in there? And Eugene's just covering his face. And he slams the door and tells Eugene, you're not sleeping with your mother and me tonight. So don't even think about it. And they're like, why is everyone in this movie a jerk? <laughs> Maybe it's the monster club because their parents are terrible human beings. <laughs> The real monster is family. <laughs> it's a metaphor, Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give this, this movie enough credit. <laughs> then after the dad leaves, the mummy just leaves too. Just slips out the window for no reason. I don't even know why he's in there the first place. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the movie answer. But in, from the mummy's perspective, what was his motivation for coming <laughs> in that kid's closet and just hiding out for like 10 minutes and leaving? <laughs> he climbed up the trellis. It was like, hmm, this seems like a good place to hang out for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, spooky dad. Gotta go. So we cut to the clubhouse, where Sean has called everyone together and has written Monster Squad on a chalkboard. 
He proclaims that we're the Monster Squad, and that he thinks there are real monsters around. I'm like, weren't they already the Monster Club? Why are they now the Monster Squad? Well, it doesn't matter. He explained about the werewolf he overheard on the phone when his dad was called by the station, and the missing mummy, which he heard again from his dad, and the call from Dracula. During all of this, Ryan is taking pictures of, presumably, that poor woman through her window like a creep. Oh, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, Rudy sucks. (laughs) That woman is apparently Patrick's older sister, which is even worse. I mean, it's still terrible, but like... What age is she? She's like 16, 17. (laughs) Yeah, she's like high school. It's even worse. Yeah, he's crushing on her heart. It's awful. Eugene pipes up that he saw the mummy too, and then Sean insists that something is out there killing people, and if it's monsters, then we're the only ones who can do anything about it. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, why? Why would you be the only one who could or would do anything about monsters killing people? Because like, they're the monster squad, You're the least qualified people to do anything about this. No, they're the most qualified. They have all the monster legend and lore. Yes, because no one else in the rest of the world knows anything about monsters. We didn't all learn that when we were also 12. Sam, they're the monster squad. They're the titular uh, group here, the club. <laughs> <laughs> you think they would at least try to, like, let somebody know who has any actual power, yes. but they do not. You think so, but... That's not how uh, kids-ish movies work. Well, I mean, yes, I know that, Daniel, because I watched it. (laughs) So when asked what they do, Sean shows them the Van Helsing diary, which his mom just found in an old house. And actually, I really want to hear that story about how she found the Van Helsing diary. Yeah, that seems like an interesting story. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, they agreed to form the Monster Squad. Yay! We cut to Dracula in a dilapidated house. He walks to a statue and lifts the arm, revealing a secret passage. How did Dracula know that passage was there? Why is this house abandoned with secret passages? Did he build this house? Or did he, like, know? Was he, like, I have no idea why Dracula knows his house is, is, is secret doored or whatever. It's like he has a lot of, like, specific knowledge about this house. <laughs> I can only assume that this was, like, a second house in the United States uh, that he built 100 years ago. And it's still there for reasons I know. I can you, that is not the case. <laughs> and also, I'm like, did Jekka always intend to come to this town and to this house? Because he seems very intent to be here. And if so, why did he pull that, like, stunt with the pilot where he, like, got ejected and let his box fall out? Because like, he had to get, he, he had to fall out right where that city was, Sam. Yeah, but I mean, like, he could have just done that. Or he could have just, like, why even get in the plane in the first place if he didn't charter the plane to go to where he wanted to go in the first place? It's just the easiest solution. I don't know, Sam. <laughs> it's definitely not the easiest solution, Daniel. That's the most convoluted solution. <laughs> I uh, don't understand his plan. So in the secret passage is a crypt where Frankenstein is being kept. Dracula gives him instructions. Oh, sorry, Frankenstein Jr. is being kept. <laughs> Dracula gives him instructions. Frankenstein Jr. is to retrieve the Van Helsing diary from the children and kill them if necessary. Ooh, that's dark. I mean, they're monsters, Danielle. <laughs> they don't have to be monsters, Sam. <laughs> oh, this wouldn't be monsters. Oh, monsters kill people. Well, I never. I thought they just gave them cuddles. Again, I thought they might be the heroes at the beginning of this movie, so I'm all thrown off. I kind of think they are, to be honest, because humanity sucks, but... <laughs> we deserve to be eaten by monsters. <laughs> kind of. So the next day, the monster squad go to the scary German guy, who I'm just going to call the G-Man, because Perfect. it's faster, in the spooky house, and because apparently there's no one else in the entire town who they think can speak German. It's <laughs> just this one person. I mean, how small is this town, Sam? It's possible. I don't know, Daniel. It doesn't seem that small, <laughs> but it, it varies wildly depending on what shot you see. Like, an overhead shot looks pretty big, but like when they're in the town square, it looks tiny, which is probably the soundstage or something. Probably the only person they know of that they know speaks German. And I guess life was hard before the internet, and you had to like translate all in the 
internet really easily. It's true. Just Google. So while they're bickering about whether to go inside, the German man appears behind them. Then we cut to Phoebe playing by the lake in that classic Frankenstein scene as Frankenstein Jr. appears behind her. Cut back to the squad in the G-Man's house. As you might notice, Danielle, there's a lot of like <laughs> quick, short scenes in this movie uh, that like it's hard to tie any thread together. Like, it's hard to focus on any one part of this movie because they're all just so quick and like cut up and interspersed with each other. I can, I can tell. So we cut back to the squad in the G-Man's house who's giving them pie because he's really nice and not scary at all. Ooh, is it any kind of like good German pie? Um, it looks like cherry pie. Um, I don't know. That was exciting. <laughs> no, it's not a meat pie, Danielle. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm there for the meat pie. He's also reading from the Van Helsing book, like translating it live. And it looks like he's almost all the way done through the book. And it's not a small book. So how long have they been there? <laughs> they ate a lot of pie, Sam. <laughs> It looks like it. They started with the German pies and made their way all the way to good old American cherry pie. (laughs) That's right. That's probably what happened. (laughs) So this is the exposition dump of the movie where he explains, as he reads from the book, that there's an amulet that's small, intricately carved, and there's a sketch of it in the book. And according to the book, good and evil are in constant flux. And only once every 100 years are the forces truly balanced. And the amulet is concentrated good. It's indestructible and wards off evil. And I'm like, wait, is this the same gem from the opening of the movie? And if so, how did it end up in this small town? <laughs> is, uh, well, it was in Transylvania. Yeah, I don't have an answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe when it got that sucked into the hole, was did it not get... like proto town this. Did it suck it, get it sucked into the black hole? Um, I didn't see it get sucked into the black hole. Maybe? Maybe it gets sucked into the black hole and the black hole appeared in this tiny little hamlet. No, because I think it's like the black hole goes to limbo, which is what we're about to learn. Okay. Well, I don't know, Sam. That was my only solution (laughs) and that's all I got. The gem is somehow in the small town and Dracula came here looking for it. But the amulet can be destroyed once every hundred years at the stroke of midnight. Midnight in what time zone? Shut up, kid. (laughs) The amulet can be shattered, allowing evil to rule. But to stop the forces of darkness, you can use the amulet in a ceremony to open up a hole into limbo itself, which will swallow the forces of evil forever. Also, guess when the hundredth day is specifically, Danielle? Halloween. No, it's tomorrow. Oh, I was close. (laughs) Shocking. It's always tomorrow, Danielle, but always the big day. It's always the the day after. It's always within three days. Yes, we know. Yeah, every time. I like to point out, at this point, that had Dracula had never called Sean as Mr. Alucard, he probably would not have gone suspicious and would not have formed the monster squad and had this urgency about it and would have just, like, let Dracula win. Because Dracula doesn't need the diary. The diary is irrelevant to Dracula's plan. Well, you know... You know, I have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> this is another instance, like, in the librarian I was like, where... Yeah, it reminds me of the librarian. <laughs> where having no plan would be better than the plan they come up with. <laughs> If monsters would only learn both human <laughs> form and uh, movie form. So as they're leaving, the G-Man spouts some facts about vampires. Like, oh, you think I was a vampire? But look, I have a reflection. And the kids are like, oh, you sure know a lot about monsters. And the G-Man <laughs> says, I suppose I do. And then as he closes the door, Cameron zooms in on his arm and he has a concentration camp number tattooed there. See? Monsters are humans. And this movie has not earned a Holocaust reference. <laughs> it's Danielle. not. I, that's, that was quite the, the suggestion right there. No. Oh, this movie and it's like the only reference they make to it i'm like why this is not appropriate for this goofy kind of terrible movie like with a bunch of terrible people in it anyway i thought that was just an incredibly poor take <laughs> agreed anyway back with the monster squad sean concludes that dracula is in this town looking for the amulet and he makes a bunch of other leaps of logic because what they need is a virgin to read the magic incantation at midnight oh, while the amulet, and then they win i was gonna ask if the 14 year old girl from the beginning of the movie i was like I wonder if she's a virgin. Yeah, that's what they needed. Yep, I figured. 
And so then why did Van Helsing fail at the beginning? Like, why did his reading of the incantation, the amulet, it seemed to work, the, the portal opened. Why did he fail? Yes, I wondered that as well. It's not clear why he failed, because by all accounts, he did everything right and should have won. <laughs> Maybe it was just the wrong timing. Maybe it was the wrong time zone, Sam. Wrong, it could be the wrong time zone, Danielle. That's probably the answer. I feel like that should happen in more movies. It's always like midnight or whatever to the time zone you're in. And just once, wouldn't you like to have been like, oh, you missed it. It was nine hours ago. It was actually this completely separate city in Peru time zone. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. You're like, oh, we have, you take the countdown timer. We have three seconds. To, oh, we just made it. Like, you're like, uh, guys, <laughs> it blew up like seven hours ago. It's, just, it's over. It'd <laughs> be great. Anyway, they go back to the clubhouse and Phoebe comes running up, introduces them to Frankenstein Jr. The squad promptly runs away and hides in the garden, but Phoebe assures them that he's friendly. Sean immediately is taken with Frankenstein Jr. and invites him to join them in the clubhouse to hang out. Is Frankenstein Jr. going to be the cool one? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Frankenstein Jr. also starts to perv on Patrick's sister through the window with uh, the camera <laughs> that's up on a tripod. We more of it. Gosh. Yeah. And she just seems to be perpetually changing in front of this window because no matter what time of day they're up there, <laughs> middle of the day, evening, she's just constantly topless or whatever and they're taking pictures of Didn't her. Didn't you know awful. that girls change their clothes like eight times a day, Sam? Man, if I had known that, <laughs> I would be – I wouldn't change anything because I'm not a freaking privacy invading <laughs> perv. Like that would not have changed anything about your teenagehood. No, because I respect people's <laughs> privacy, Danielle, and their right to self-autonomy. I don't treat women like objects. <laughs> That's true. Everybody does. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, cool. And then Frankenstein Jr. sees a mask of himself and has a moment of like self-doubt about being scared. like, scary? <laughs> and they're like, oh, and they like, give him a chip or something. So he talks like Frankenstein normally talks, like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure since Dracula over there was talking like a normal dude. No, I think Phoebe mentioned she teaches him to talk. And so he, he spouts a bunch of slang, which I will not bother with because <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> okay. And then we see him with all the kids holding hands, walking off into the sunset. Oh. What the hell is this movie, Danielle? <laughs> That seems like the end of the movie. I don't know why. Suddenly they're just walking off the sunset with Frankenstein Jr. Because <laughs> it's cool. All right. It's night again. Back at the spooky mansion. Dracula and the werewolf, who is still a werewolf, despite it being the next day. Okay. I don't... I mean... I, is that how that works? <laughs> like, it's only during the full moon. The full moon's only one day a month, right? Yes. So it seems like it's been a full day. Like it was, it was daylight when they went to see the German guy, and then it became night again. So it had to be a full day because it was night when the werewolf transformed last time. Maybe it's more like some some werewolf lore, like they turn around the full moon. There's like a whole period okay. at that time. Where Maybe able that's to. it, Danielle. But either way, time in this movie is very slipshod. <laughs> I can I can tell. So Dracula and the werewolf are prowling around. Dracula searching for the amulet, and which he senses very near. He eventually goes up to a stone wall and he grabs grabs a tiny little hammer and he busts a hole through it and looks through and he sees the amulet sitting there in a treasure cave with like gravestones and swords and stuff. Like, why is there a treasure cave under this house in this random suburban <laughs> town in America? It's like the Goonies house kind of thing. Like, what? What's going on? Yeah, that's, that's special. Maybe they sent it all off after everything went down a hundred years ago and this is where they put it. Yeah, but like Dracula was still there. Why didn't he just pick up the amulet again? I don't know. We <laughs> don't know like, what happened in the 100 years, Sam. That's, that's a good point, I guess. <laughs> the next morning, the squad gets up and has a school montage set to a killer's 80s soundtrack because, you know, 80s movie. Yeah, of course. 
That's the whole point. We see them making things like stakes in the wood shop and silver bullets and metal shop. And I'm like, wait, silver bullets? I think it's a silver. I mean, I know how you make silver. Like you, they, they melt down some forks to make the bullets. But like, A, you have molds. B, you have like gunpowder and casings. And like, they let that happen? Like, the teacher's like, oh yeah, make a bullet. Like, that's incredibly dangerous <laughs> and not very easy to do. <laughs> Definitely was not happening, not even in 1987 schools. No, absolutely not. Anyway, well, Phoebe is playing with Frankenstein Jr. Eugene writes a note to the army asking for the com because of monsters. <laughs> Dear army. That's exactly what it says. Dear <laughs> army men, please come monsters. That's basically what it says. Patrick prints out a bunch of Monster Squad business cards for to some reason, because that seems like the most important thing. To his fellow students. <laughs> Nope, he doesn't hand out to anyone. He just prints them out, it looks like. You know what? He's business-minded, but he's going to go far in life. <laughs> and then Rudy steals a bow and arrow from gym class. Yeah. He also develops the photos he took of Patrick's sister, addressing and shares them with Frankenstein and the rest of the kids. Ooh. Because he's awful. <laughs> yeah, what a creeper. Oh, it's only going to get worse. Oh, no. So the montage ends, and we cut to Dracula, who is talking to the werewolf, who's in his human form, again, because it's daylight, but is tied up, presumably because he's only evil when a werewolf, but when a human, Dracula doesn't have any power over him or something. I don't know. So it's just like a normal person during the- Yeah. Does he feel bad about killing that one driver? Oh, yeah. he he He's like, this is terrible. I can't- This is not good. Oh, that's sad. Dracula then goes to a closet where he's locked three women. Who eats? <laughs> There's just three. It's a little snack. There's three women in the closet there's three women in a closet he like where do you get those women danielle i don't know that's no so one seems to care they're missing so then the werewolf guy manages to escape while dracula is occupied we then cut to sean's dad who's in the police station when the werewolf calls is like hey i'm the guy that they shot last night so uh, i think this movie skipped a whole night apparently okay i have a sorry back up the yeah. dracula somehow has like power over these other characters He's like the monster, like, head honcho, and everyone, like, listens to him. Because they have to? What happens if they don't? I have no idea, Danielle, <laughs> but, like, why is the werewolf listening to him only when he's a werewolf when he's not a werewolf? He's like, I'm not dealing with that guy. Because he's not a monster then? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Seems like he has some kind of pull, like, literal pull if they're in it monster It sounds like form. he has, like, a a compulsion he can ex- right. a- exert. Well, that would at least fall in line with actual canon for vampires, so at least that's something, unlike all the he rest of the nonsense. one power that is legitimate. <laughs> for vampires for him <laughs> anyway so he calls it up at the police station he's like i'm the uh, guy they shot last night which would have been two nights ago by my recollection but i have no idea what's happening <laughs> and he's like you need to get to this address to stop him he's found the amulet and i'm a werewolf and sean's dad's like uh whatever guy is about to hang up because apparently he's the worst detective ever but, but the guy's missing and he killed somebody yeah, he's like, ah, whatever, dude, about to hang up. And then, and then as the werewolf is transforming, because it's night again, apparently, he manages to spit out, he's going to kill your son! And then hulks out as a werewolf and breaks through the phone booth. How does he know about his son? I have no idea, Daniel. <laughs> Why does Jackie tell the were- werewolf sidekick, like, hey, yeah. by the way, I'm trying this whole playing with Frankenstein Jr. over there. We're trying to lure these kids over here so I can steal the Van Helsing book and maybe kill them. Yeah, but you don't need to worry about that. How do they know that the kid's after them? No, no. Dracula wants the kids because he wants the book. So Dracula's after the kids. He doesn't know the kids are after them. Dracula's after the kids. So he knows the kids have the book. Yeah. Remember, he called with the message as Alucard. Yeah, but they, how did he know that the kids found out about it? He doesn't. Well, then how is he after the kids? Dracula's after the kids because he, he, they have the book. Right. But how does he know that they have the book? Because how did, did I, maybe I missed it, where he figured out that they figured out that he was Dracula. What? Okay, well, let's stop using pronouns. <laughs> Dracula knows the kids have the book because he called and left a message for Sean saying, hey, I want to buy that book from you. Yeah, but it's the, 
So he left it for Sean because it's technically Sean's book, not for like the parents in the house. He like said, hey, 12 year old, I want to buy your book. Well, yeah, he knows that Sean has the book. Okay. I, for some reason, was thinking that was like more directed towards the parents who, you know, own the things in the house. No, but okay. The message was for <laughs> I'm there. I'm, Sean, with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mr. Alucard, school. Yeah, I got wants- sidetracked by the 12,000 other things that were happening in that scene, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Danielle. I'm just saying, how does Dracula, we went over this. We don't know how Dracula knows they have the book. He just does. He's magic or something. I didn't realize it's for Sean specifically. I am sure you said that. Anyway, the point is, the werewolf was like, he's after your son. He's going to kill him, bust out of the phone booth. And finally, the dad's like, huh, maybe I should pay attention to this lead. <laughs> it would have been funnier if he was just like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good parenting all around. Oh, he's the worst. We cut to the Monster Squad. They have walkie-talkies. Patrick and Rudy are creeping on Patrick's sister. They're stalking her. Is that literally all they do? Yeah. Okay. So I know. (laughs) So Patrick and Rudy are stalking Patrick's sister, who's on a date, while Sean and Horace and Eugene are out in the woods. Eugene drops something in the lake, and the creature from the Black Lagoon pops out. Is the creature in the Black Lagoon tied to the water like they can't leave the water for very long? Um, Unclear. Okay. I don't think it is, but maybe... It doesn't matter because that's pretty much all we see of him. He pops out. Eugene goes, oh, creature of the Black Lagoon. And then nothing ever comes of it. Okay. (laughs) We cut back to Rudy and Patrick who have somehow convinced his sister to come to the Monster Club treehouse. They awkwardly ask her if she's a virgin. (laughs) And she's rightly offended by this. And I thought at this point, I'm like, wait a minute. Does the virgin have to be a girl? That's obviously like presumptuous. Like can't any one of them? They're all virgins. They can all read from the book. Yeah, but they're in the sexist mindset that it has to be a girl virgin because because that's some how movies work. Um, yeah. Follow up question to the black, creature of the black lagoon. Oh, okay, sure. We're back. Sorry, to this. the creature of the black lagoon. Uh, it wasn't brought from anywhere, right? It just lived in that lake. Yeah, it just lived there. It was just chilling out in that swamp. Apparently, this, this area has a uh, a high concentration of uh, monsters. Monsters per capita. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Most monsters per capita of any town in America. <laughs> and they put it on their, like, uh, travel brochures. It would draw a certain clientele. <laughs> yeah, apparently these kids and Dracula. All right, okay. Well, go on. So she's really put off by them and their terrible questions. But Rudy then shows her the photos he took of her and is like, it'd be a shame if I posted these up no! on the bulletin board in the school. It basically blackmails her about releasing her news. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. He literally blackmails her with the, not just her news that she took herself or whatever, but like illicit photos he took of her. That's so wrong and creepy. And this is the point where, I, where I'm like, are the heroes in this movie intentionally just the worst people? Is this a satire of like 80s where they, you know, lift up these kinds of characters as like, oh, the, the ladies' man or the wacky characters for like Revenge of the Nerds or whatever. Like, are they supposed to be lampooning this or are they just awful? I just for some reason did not expect, I expected her to be like kind of a part of the story, but not for some reason did not expect her to be this part of the story. And no. that's funny because only because I was like, well, they're all virgins. They can do it. <laughs> yeah, no, but they insist on blackmailing Patrick's sister to do it with her nude photos anyway, uh, instead because they're awful people. I did not expect and I do not like. No. I get this is an 80s comedy and there was a lot of awful stuff in a lot of 80s comedy movies just because it was like the time period of the screwball comedy and, and things like that, but not okay. Ugh, gross. And this is like a PG-13 like tween movie and like, ugh. Don't like that. No. It is probably the worst part of the movie. They are the Monster far. Squad. Yeah. Anyway, so that happened. Back in the woods, Sean, Horace, and Eugene are scoping out the house, uh, Dracula's house with Frankenstein Jr., uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon is just forgotten, so who cares about that guy? I feel so bad for them. The creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon? Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. They make another appearance briefly. Oh, that's good, I guess. They're my favorite character. 
Clearly. Because you know the least about them. <laughs> Always. Every time you can pick out Daniel's favorite character by the one that has the least amount of screen time. I also time. like Frankenstein Jr. thus far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they all go up to the house. We cut to the inside where Dracula has shoved some dynamite into the hole in the wall between him and the treasure room, which seems just unnecessary when you could just use that tiny hammer to bash the rest of the, the wall. It took like four seconds to make the hole in the first place. Or lightning. I don't know. <laughs> But apparently he had to wait several hours or like a whole day or something and then use dynamite to do it instead of just spending a few hours or a few minutes with the hammer to do it. Go big or go home, Sam. I guess. So the squad sneak into the house. Horace is scared, but Sean reassures them that Frankenstein Jr. is on their side. And also his dad's a cop, so no one's going to mess with them. So they're at, the, they're at the house where Dracula is? Yeah. How did they get there? Frankenstein probably showed them. Frankenstein Jr. probably showed them the way. Oh, okay. I forgot. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, and that's when the dynamite goes off and parts of the house collapse on Frankenstein Jr. And Sean's like, nope, he's dead, but we should press on. <laughs> Did Frankenstein Jr. really die? Maybe. <laughs> that's when the werewolf jumps out at them and is promptly kicked in the nards by Horace as they all run away. So as they run away, they bust into a room and find the three women who are now vampires after Dracula had his little snack. So he's just like turning people into vampires for funsies? Well, I mean, that's a great way to build up your ranks. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's not. I was just wondering if that was part of his plan was to, to create more vampires. Well, just those three, apparently. <laughs> Cornered between them and the werewolf and Dracula, who has also appeared, the kids pull a random statue and a trap door opens and they disappear through it. How do they know? Nope, they don't. He's just like, oh, you gotta pull everything because don't you see movies? There's always a trap door I mean, on the statue if you pull on something. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, it's true in movies. It shouldn't be true in real life, Danielle. I mean, it's not a thing that happens. <laughs> But we already established this is a very movie-like movie. It is a, yeah. It, I mean, it is a movie, Danielle. I can't deny that. <laughs> so we cut to a diner. Rudy is there with Patrick and his sister, who is still not very happy to be there for obvious reasons. But Sean and the others have not shown up. Back in the mansion, Sean and the rest of the squad fell right into the treasure room. How convenient that this trapdoor in this house Dracula has been around for the last several days has a trapdoor that goes right into the treasure room. Dracula knew about the other trapdoor, but not this one, apparently. Yeah, uh, we're also a trapdoor go-to, Sam. Uh, the same place the other trapdoor went to. Why would you have two trapdoors to the same place? That's just nonsense. Like, this movie did give us nonsense. <laughs> it's a bucket of convenience atop a lot of awful children. It is very weird that Dracula knew about one but not the other. Exactly. <laughs> and so Sean just goes up and grabs the amulet and then is promptly accosted by Dracula who somehow, you know, I guess the, the wall is blown open now so he can get in there. Fortunately, Horace brought garlic or looks like it's a garlic maze whatever he shoves it in dracula's face uh, or sprays it in dracula's face and they all escape garlic maze it looks like garlic it's like a cloud of spray comes up but he could just be like crushing garlic with his hands or something i don't know (laughs) this might just throw little like beads of garlic at him (laughs) he might as well (laughs) power of christ (laughs) throwing garlic at him I guess it's part of vampire lore. I don't know, Daniel, how it works, but they, it works because they escape. So as they run outside, a Jeep pulls up, and Phoebe is with the G-Man in the Jeep. A little backup. Yeah. Immediately after that, Rudy- How do they know about this place? Good question. <laughs> Frankenstein Jr. again? I, I don't know. I'm sure Sean told the others, and probably Phoebe overheard. Okay. Let's go with that. Because she's always hanging around. I like how you're like, oh, I can totally accept that the marriage counseling and- <laughs> other stuff but the fact that they all know where to meet up that is something i will not accept in this movie you told me to be more present in the story and ask pertinent questions sam (laughs) i know i just find it ironic what you choose and or choose not to question i can't tell you what my brain decides to focus on 
So anyway, the G-Man appears, and then shortly after, Rudy, Patrick, and Patrick's sister also appear on their bikes. How coincidental, they all show up at the exact same time. <laughs> Shaw produces the anvil and says, they need to go somewhere where there are lots of people, so they'll be safe. And Gene suggests a church. And once you know it, the G-Man knows of one right down the street. Why would that be safe? Why would a church even be occupied at this time of night? Well, that also, but why also would it be safe with more people? Wouldn't that just put more people in danger? <laughs> I know. It doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, but you'll be safe in a church because, you know, Holy monsters crap. don't like religious things. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that kind of uh, argument. So we cut to Sean's dad. He's coming out of the police station with the other detective. The detective is dubious that Patrick's dad is, like, trying to check on this thing. He's like, we don't need to check on this. Why are you even bothering you? Werewolves, so- like... The guy got a threat on the phone, claiming to be the guy who you can't find, and is threatening his son. Like, there's a threat against his son, and you're like, we don't need to investigate that. You're, like, mocking him for investigating this. You're the worst detective and a terrible person. This entire city is terrible, but did the dad not, like, call home to check on his kid? No, he just busts out the cars, like, going to drive to that house that he got from the werewolf. Oh, okay. (laughs) Everyone in this movie sucks, Danielle. (laughs) Clearly. Back with the squad, they're barreling down the road in G-Man's Jeep when the mummy steps out in front of them in the middle of the road and the G-Man swerves to miss Just hit it. it. It's already dead. <laughs> well, somehow, him swerving around it allows the mummy to hop onto the back of the Jeep. Yeah, that's how that works. And so the mummy's like clawing at them from the back of the Jeep. There's a struggle, but then Rudy ties a bit of the mummy's bandage to an arrow and fires the arrow, which sticks into a tree, causing the mummy to unravel as the Jeep drives off. What is and be destroyed. underneath the mummy wrap? Uh, bones. It's just dead. <laughs> it's just dead. If you're, just is dead. it not living? If it's not wrapped? It, apparently, it's just gone. It's the last issue of the moment. It's gone. <laughs> okay. Done so. Well, that was much faster than anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there'd be more like um, team the monsters teaming up, and that seems to be one on one and quickly dying. <laughs> No, the monsters are irrelevant as a group, and there's only like 15 minutes left of this movie at this point. Crazy. And it's going fast and loose with what's happening. This movie is nothing what I imagined it would be. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) A lot more time spent on children creeping on their neighbors and violating their autonomy and privacy, and a lot less monster squatting. Yeah, it's a very interesting choice. Anyway, as the mummy becomes unwrapped, Rudy quips, see you later, Band-Aid breath, which is... (laughs) It just sucks as a snappy comeback. I'm sorry. That's the worst one-liner ever. What does a Band-Aid breath smell like? <laughs> also, it's not Band-Aids. It, it's, it's a whole... A, oh, yes. The mouth is one part that's not covered in bandages. <laughs> anyway, Dracula's hearse is barely down the road, and it passes, or actually drives through the police car with his dad and the detective in it, and so they turn around and follow Dracula as Dracula pulls up to Sean's house. Dracula gets out of his hearse, and he just brings a bundle of dynamite with him. Where is all, okay, no, no, powers, back it up. Where is all this dynamite yeah. coming from? Now I'm about to say, one of his listening powers apparently is dynamite. He <laughs> can call upon lightning, which creates the dynamite. <laughs> Dracula just is like, I like two things, sucking blood and dynamite. <laughs> There's a lot of dynamite in this movie. Uh, there's so much dynamite, and Dracula, the all-powerful Prince of Darkness, uses dynamite instead of his vampire powers just so much. <laughs> just to light Sim Sam. So he lights the bundle of dynamite and chucks it into the clubhouse and blows it up and is like, meeting adjourned or club dismissed or something. And it's like, geez, really? We're doing this? It's, <laughs> it's the best line. Dracula is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. 
because he's like so serious and he's got like, the chiseled jaw. It's great. Are any of these characters played by like noted actors? I don't remember. I didn't look <laughs> I was it up. Say, because... You didn't mention a single actor name, which is odd for us. Usually we do a little cast bio. None of the names were that familiar to me. Okay. Let me put it that way. But that doesn't say I much. I was just curious. Yeah. Maybe I'll look it up and I'll go, what? You don't know any of these people? <laughs> I mean, totally possible. Probably know them, just don't know their names. Anyway, after the treehouse blows up and everything's on fire, Sean's dad pulls up and levels his gun at Dracula. Dracula is unperturbed by this. What do you think Dracula does with all his vast array of Dracula powers? Throw some dynamite at him. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Dracula tosses another stick of dynamite under the police car, blows it up, and just stands there as Sean's dad shoots him, which does nothing. Oh, yeah. It's not silver bullets. And then Dracula says... I will have your son, then turn into a bat and flies off. That's impressive. So yeah, Dracula really showing off his skills of blowing stuff up. And taking on (laughs) 12-year-olds. Yeah, right? (laughs) So then Sean's dad rushes inside looking for the kids. He's like, Sean, Sean, are you here? Like, oh, now you want to check on them. Yeah, didn't call your wife to check in and see if they were home. She's clearly freaking out, too, because their house is just assaulted by a monster with dynamite. <laughs> but then Sean said finds a walkie-talkie and gets a hold of Sean on it and is like, what's going on? And Sean says, we're almost to town square. Hurry up. And that's apparently all his dad needs to, to go join them in the town square. I mean, he just had a murder attempt with some dynamite by a guy dressed as a vampire. Wouldn't you quickly go to town square, too? <laughs> I mean, I might say, hey, maybe don't go to town square or tell me what the hell's going on. Yes. But time is of the essence, Sam. I mean, they're in a walkie-talkie in a Jeep. He has time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, the monster squad pulls up to the church, but it's locked and they can't get in. So the whole church idea is irrelevant. It's the middle of the night. And so they decide just to do the ceremony out in the street. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's hollow ground. <laughs> it might be. Who knows? But oh, no. The vampire ladies show up and are slowly approaching them because like sh- ambiance, Shuffling I guess. slowly or like just walking slowly. Like walking slowly, <laughs> like stalking up to them. For fun. So they quickly get Patrick's sister to start reading from the book, but she's struggling with the German and the German, the G-Man is helping her. So Rudy steps out with his bow in the middle of the street and just shoots one of the vampire ladies in the heart, killing her. Do they ever get into where these three ladies came from? Like, are there three missing persons in the city or anything? Nope. <laughs> Nobody seems to care. Just three women were killed and no one cares. <laughs> so sad. And then Rudy just sort of stands around there as another one of the women approaches and grabs him around the neck and starts strangling him. But then he stabs her with another arrow stake too. So, yay. And then we never see what happens to the third woman. She just, I guess, is presumed dead. <laughs> Poor Lisbeth, Mary Ellen, and Joanne. <laughs> No, those were not good names, Danielle. And they sound like little women. That's actually because I was reading something earlier about the little woman. I'm sure that's where my brain went. Yeah, very good, Danielle. Glad that happened. <laughs> At this point, Dracula as a bat swoops down. But just in time, Sean's dad shows up and starts shooting at the bat, which causes it to veer off Why would, into a building. Okay, question. Why, oh, as a police officer or an adult human, would you ever show up to something and then just shoot at a random bat? Because he thinks it's Dracula because he saw Dracula turn into a bat. So he's like, that must be Dracula again. <laughs> Not just a bat I mean, that happens to be the neighborhood. It could be. But I mean, better safe than sorry. What's the consequence? Oh, I've killed a regular bat. I guess better <laughs> safe than sorry, Danielle. I guess. But I just he got on board the monster train very quickly. Well, he saw the man turn into a bat right in front of him after he shot him seven times. Like, not much train left to get <laughs> <guess>. off of. <laughs> 
Inside the building, Sean's dad is looking around for Dracula, and we see Dracula there in a state of half bat, like he's half transformed, and he's writhing in pain, <laughs> which is odd, since the bullets didn't seem to affect him before. Maybe he changed him out for silver bullets. Is that like, is he part costumed? Nope. What is, like, is he tiny on one side, human on the other? No, it's just like, it's like a human bat hybrid, it looks like. Oh, that's interesting. It's gross, and never brought up again. <laughs> it's, but the, the bat's normally small, right, when it turns into a full bat? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How odd. So the dad approaches and guess what he's got danielle dynamite yes <laughs> love this <laughs> some reason everyone in this movie is like no oh, dynamite that seems like something i can use <laughs> i just i don't there's gotta be boxes of it like around somewhere i don't know where he got it like it wasn't like dracula left dynamite like here have some more maybe this city used to mass produce it in the early 1900s <laughs> Or maybe he stole it from Dracula's car or something. I don't know. I think so. Anyway, so Sean's dad approaches with dynamite, but is attacked by the werewolf before he can do anything with it. Oh, no. Which is when Sean shows up, shoves a stick of dynamite down the werewolf's pants, and then kicks it out a window. <laughs> so then the werewolf blows up, scattering its chunks everywhere. <laughs> the monsters in this movie die so interestingly. And it, it, they're, they're really ineffective monsters. <laughs> they were not a threat. Like, I still don't know why Van Helsing failed at the start of this movie, because if these children, these terrible terrible children seem capable of fighting these monsters off why did van helsing have any trouble I have no idea i'm a little disappointed that van helsing has not come back into the bigger i know you really think he'd play a bigger part in this than just <laughs> i really the really behind. thought that somehow they would be like the german guy would die in nope he's just a random german holocaust survivor for some reason <laughs> give this movie some depth sam yeah a lot of depth that it really needed in between the you know, sexual blackmail and oh. the homophobia get the holocaust depth in this movie <laughs> 87 was a bad year. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Patrick and the G-Man are trying to get a sister to read the text. Like, everyone's panicked. Like, read it. He's like, I'm trying. But at the same time, the werewolf is reassembling itself, like in Terminator 2. <laughs> Why? Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> because you can only kill a werewolf with a silver bullet. Blood up apparently just doesn't do the I trick. Just, mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But it like it just goes like zoop and like comes back together. Well, how is Frankenstein Junior dead? Well, you know, apparently he's not a werewolf, Danielle. <laughs> this is very questionable. So cops pull up. Apparently, all the dynamite drew their attention, and <laughs> as the werewolf is about to attack Rudy, they shoot the werewolf, and nothing happens because apparently if dynamite can't do something. Bullets sure will, oh, yeah, no, and they not. all start fighting the werewolf. And then Patrick's sister finishes reading, but nothing happens. And it comes out, oh, she's not really a virgin, technically. Uh-oh. Technically? What? There's like... I mean, what she says, like, well, there's Steve, but he doesn't count. And I'm like, there's more to that story, but we don't get that story. <laughs> they really should have picked their virgins better. Yeah, right. And everyone's like, oh, no, what will we do? And then Rudy watches the werewolf fight cops. If only we weren't all virgins. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's very stupid. <laughs> Uh, one of the cops gets thrown next to Rudy unconscious, uh, maybe dead, I don't know. And then Rudy steals the gun from the cop, empties out the chamber, and puts his silver bullet inside of it. Well, good Because thing apparently it's the, the right silver size. bullet he made in Metal Shop just fits this <laughs> random revolver perfectly, is the right caliber and everything, and has the right, like, mecha- I don't know, this is nonsense. <laughs> he then shoots the werewolf saying, bang, because Rudy, super good at one-liners. <laughs> He's got some good ones in this movie. And then the werewolf turns back into uh, a regular dude is like, thanks, before dying. <laughs> well, at least he got a double death. Yes. Well, he got one death. The other death was a fake death. So Sean and his dad approach, and apparently they just left Dracula in the warehouse as a half bat thing. And they're like, well, we pulled the werewolf. So uh, I think we're good here. <laughs> like, get him while he's down. No, they're just going to leave him there. <laughs> 
They're like, oh, drag goes down. Uh, we'll just deal with that later. I'm sure it's fine. Top of his head. The horse is also there. Everyone just sort of gathers up. But then a manhole cover flies up and up pops the creature from the Black Lagoon. No, no. Who can travel the sewer systems from his lake? Apparently. <laughs> and then he starts fighting the cops because, okay. <laughs> Then we go back to Eugene and the G-Men, who realize that there are other virgins present, actually. Yeah, like two-thirds of the cast. (laughs) Nope. They settle on Phoebe, the five-year-old child. (laughs) No, why? Because she's a girl, Danielle, and apparently girls can be virgins. (laughs) This movie is so sexist. That is wild. It's so dumb. I thought like, okay, maybe they realized they were wrong to single out, you know, Patrick's sister, who does not get a name in this movie, by the way. She's just Patrick's sister. It's <laughs> depressing, too. Yeah, maybe they were wrong to single her out as like, oh, only she can be a virgin. Like, oh, maybe we should have stepped up. But nope, they settle on the five-year-old girl instead because boys can't be virgins. It's wild. Anyway, the G-Man starts helping Phoebe start to stumble through the tech. Like, he starts saying the words and she is repeating him. Right. Meanwhile, the creature from the Black Lagoon murders some cops and then Horace rustles a shotgun from a dead cop's hand and apparently he turns to run from the creature and tries to hide inside a store but the store is locked because the bullies from the start of the movie are in that store oh they do return i forgot they even existed why are the bullies from the beginning locked in a random store in the middle of the night in this town what i don't know danielle okay. they are well they either locked it because of all the stuff going on in the inside or they are st- well yeah they did but why are they down there in the first place they were st- everything's closed they were stealing sam obviously They were stealing. Okay, sure. That's not what it looks like. I'll be honest. (laughs) So Horace tries to break in, but the bullies from the store, they don't open the door. So he just turns around and shoots the creature from the Black Lagoon. And he's like, done. Another monster down. It died? That's it. That's it. That's all again. It has three seconds of total screen time, pretty much. So, unless you're keeping track, Frankenstein crushed by some falling I'm drywall. so upset about that one. Werewolf, shot with a bullet after being blown up. Mummy, unraveled by a car and a bow and arrow. So, these monsters just are not particularly effective. No, they're not. Except for Dracula, who somehow stayed out of this whole thing. But now is half bat, half human. Well... Meanwhile, the G-Man is telling Phoebe how to say the incantation. When Dracula appears, just regular Dracula, the whole half-bat, half-human thing just doesn't matter. Well, he had a heal. And he's wreathed in lightning because, again, lightning powers. That he never uses, but I guess now he has to because he's gotten rid of all his dynamite. So he slowly approaches Phoebe, batting cops aside left and right along the way. And as he gets close, the G-Man stands between him and Phoebe, and Dracula shoots a beam of light from his hand at him. Not lightning, just like a beam of light, like a ray, a death ray. What? What? Knocking him down. So many powers. (laughs) And this is what I wrote. Oh, uh, where did Dracula get wizard powers? <laughs> but apparently he's always had It's definitely Dracula wizard. This is definitely where he breaks into his big musical number too, right before he's killed, right? Oh, uh, that'd be so much that'd be so much better. This would be better as a musical. Yeah, we would be better as a musical. So he slowly approaches Phoebe and he lifts her up by the chin, like just lifts her all the way up and is like, give me the amulet. And like Phoebe's mom wants to rush over there and help her, but Sean and his dad are like, no! Don't, don't do that. Like, hold her back. Like, why? Why hold her back? Why are you not attacking Dracula? Why are you trying to save your sister? (laughs) She's got to finish the incantation, Sam. How could she do that when she's being held by Dracula? I have no idea. (laughs) But apparently they're just, like, content to watch this happen. But luckily, Frankenstein Jr. shows up. Yay! Grabs Dracula from behind and tosses him up and he lands and is impaled on the pointy part of a fence. Like a fence stake. That's crazy. But also, why is Frankenstein Jr. not tied in like the Wolfman is to Dracula? Apparently he just befriended the kids. That was enough for him to overcome the compulsion? The power I don't of know. love. Walking off into the sunset with the kids really did, did a number for him, I guess. <laughs> I can tell. 
So he's stabbed on a fence post. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Dracula's dramatic it's death. It's through his stomach, though, or like his – it doesn't kill him. It's not through his heart. Oh, okay. So the G-Man gets up and helps Phoebe finish the incantation. The black hole opens up and sucks in a bunch of random stuff. You know, detritus, the, the, the G-Man's Jeep, which is sad. Aww. And as Dracula's being pulled towards it, he spitefully grabs Sean as they're then both dragged towards the portal. like, I'm going to take you with me. Sean, however, manages to grab a conveniently placed stake and stab Dracula and escape. And then Van Helsing appears, Danielle. What, why? From where? The hole? I don't know. Maybe he was in the portal. And he grabs Dracula around the shoulders, like, from behind. I've got you now! <laughs> and he gives a thumbs up to Sean, and he, like, pulls Dracula back into the portal. Where they've all been staying. That poor 14-year-old who got sucked into the portal. <laughs> yeah. And then Dracula screams, like, no! And is sucked in. So the portal only took Dracula, right? No. It's taking all of the evil and a bunch of other random stuff. All the evil of the world? I don't know. just says evil. <laughs> like you see other things being sucked in that are evil? I mean, about to because Frankenstein Jr. is being sucked towards the portal. Frankenstein Jr. is not evil. He has a sad goodbye with Phoebe, but he's sucked into limbo as well. Oh, that's so sad. The black hole shrinks and closes. Everyone gets up, brushes themselves off. Sean and his family hug. I guess there are no more marital problems between his dad and his mom. Everyone's happy. <laughs> the uh, the sucking in thing, it took all the evil out, Sam. <laughs> you got me there, Danielle. Workaholism, no longer a thing. <laughs> Their marriage is reunited by the power of the evil monster sucking thing. <laughs> I still don't know why they didn't work for Van Helsing in the beginning. Like, <laughs> clearly it's the exact same portal. It just should have worked. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't a virgin either. <laughs> well, then it wouldn't have opened in the first place. <laughs> Maybe it just, like, turned it, like, wrong. Like, it started to open, and then they're like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Well, if it didn't work for Patrick's sister. Maybe she was less of a virgin. I don't know, Sam. <laughs> you No. <laughs> Anyway, a tank rolls into the square and a bunch of soldiers and the army troopers show up and they ask, hey, what's this about monsters? We got a letter from Eugene. No. <laughs> yep. Sean steps up and says, I can explain what's going on here. And he passes them a business card for the monster squad. Oh, yeah, Jesus cards. He's like, we're the monster squad. And he high fives his friends as custom 80s rap plays over the credits. Wow, Sam. Wait, wait, wait. We're not done yet because I'm going to read you the lyrics to this rap song. Okay, I'm here for this. Let's do this. I'm going to read you the lyrics. I'm not sorry. I'm, not, I'm only going to do the first verse because it's all you need. And I'm going to do it with about as much skill as the person rapping it in the movie. Looking <laughs> forward to this. So it goes, every hundred years in the darkest night, the forces of evil come out to fight. The amulet they must destroy or spend forever in the darkest void. Who can stop their deadly might? Who will stand up for the right? From the mouths of babe come dynamite, the monster squad is going to groove tonight. <laughs> really felt like I should beatbox in the background of that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot recommend this rap highly enough. <laughs> Like, we're going to YouTube. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to post this to our Twitter. <laughs> wow. That's just... just that's the Monster the Squad, Danielle. The best thing we've ever added to Speaker Torrance. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I think it might be... Look, there is a large and vehement fan base for this movie. Yeah, I'm sure there is, for reasons. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a terrible movie, but boy, lots of this movie has not aged well and probably was not great when it was made. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Also, the monsters were the most interesting part of this movie, but they got the least attention. Yeah, that was. I, I just expected there to be a lot more about the monsters. Yeah, like maybe they had synergized in some way, but nope, they just sort of die one by one. Or like even some kind of like background stories, like I don't know. It's just such an 
potentially Why interesting premise. Frankenstein friend or Frankenstein Jr. friends. Right. That's so weird. No reason. They're just like, well, Frankenstein Jr. and Dracula, just best buddies until Frankenstein Jr. portrays Dracula after the power of friendship with some <laughs> random kids. Pretty instantaneously, too. Yeah, no, it is it is a movie, Danielle. It exists. It it's a thing. And I'm so happy we kicked off Spooky Torch with the Monster Squad. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> Boy, do I have questions about this movie. My biggest question is, if anyone can explain to me why the movie wasn't over in the first five minutes, what, like, what did Van Helsing do wrong that didn't work? <laughs> I have that please same question. I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah, please solve this for us. Or if you know the name of Patrick's sister, because she did not get one spoken at any point in the movie that I can tell. Shelby. Uh, she probably has one of the credits, Daniel. I just didn't look. <laughs> Yeah, if you have any of that information, or if you want to correct me on monster lore or my lack of appreciation for the Monster Squad, you can reach us at bookretorts.com. Or if you want to put together a cool video of, uh, or a little music video of Sam rapping that last little bit, we would oh, love, don't. love to hear that. And you can send that to Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> or Facebook at bookretorts. <laughs> Well, if you want more nonsense and you feel like my rapping wasn't bad enough, you can always support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bookretorch where we have more of us doing our goofy things. Yes, we do. <laughs> a little bonus content. We've got some cool stickers. Yeah. We've got a little little goodies. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. And I guess until next time, don't go joining misogynistic clubs, <laughs> even if they are cool and about monsters. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, that's a valuable life lesson from 1987 to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, stay spooky out there, I guess. Bye. Take care, everybody. I just want you to listen to the first verse and tell me who rapped it better, me or them. Okay. Very 80s jams. Yeah. You are somehow better, Sam. Hey, right? That is <laughs> Shocking. not a good rendition. I know, right? So I just want to prove to you that my rendition, if it was set to music, as you called our listeners to do, would be possibly better than this one. <laughs> And that is saying something because I suck. You can't see my dance moves, but they're there. You know what it sounds like, Danielle? It sounds like like a, an after-school 1990s educational rap. <laughs> it does. Drugs are bad. Stay away from punks who want to sell you dope and stuff. <laughs> it's like schoolhouse rock rap. What's about worse? This just sounds like, you know, your teacher rapping during a dare presentation. <laughs> I mean, which you would love, but that's not the point. I love for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs>